0: Good afternoon, everyone. I hope everybody's having a good day today. Beautiful day outside. A little different than it was last week, is it not? Um, And I'm sure many of you are enjoying it. Um, I am myself. We're going to open back into our look at Acts after a little bit of a break from it, and we're going to be tackling Acts chapter 9 this afternoon, here just for a few minutes. We won't spend a lot of time in this, Um, but it would be very advantageous if you have not had the opportunity to read Acts 9 yet, to do that now. And um, I'll just pause here for a little bit where you can take a break, push pause on your player, And read that, Acts chapter 9. It's a little bit of a long chapter, but there's some good stuff in it. Um, Something monumental happens um, in this chapter. Um, And then press pause again and get back with us, and we'll take a little bit deeper look at Acts chapter 9. Okay, hopefully you've had the time um, to read Acts chapter 9, and you'll see what I was talking about. Uh, We have something very big happening here in the history of the church. Um, The conversion of a man who would end up writing a good portion of what we have in our New Testament now. Now, Acts chapter 9 could probably be summarized in this way. The conversion of the Apostle Paul, who was also... be be God's chosen instrument his apostle to the Gentiles now this is interesting because the Gentiles have not yet become a part of the church Acts chapter 10 is going to be about all of that so God in his timing is preparing the primary messenger for the Gentiles before the Gentiles will enter the stage when it comes to the church. So we'll we'll jump into that the next time we're together next week. But again, let's take a look at Acts chapter 9. And what we see here is, is not Paul yet. His name is Saul. And He is on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus with orders um, to imprison believers, um, people of the way, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. He's been doing this for some time now, and he was effective at it, um, and he was brutal at it, and he was a feared, um, as we'll see in this chapter, he was a feared man on part of of the Christian people. So, we get to Acts chapter 9, Saul meets Jesus on his way uh, to to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus, I'm going to read a few verses of that. I'm going to read verses three through five. This is what it says. It says, as he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up, Enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do." So, he's on his way to Damascus, Jesus shows up in a vision before him, and understand that Jesus takes persecution of his people, of the church, very personally. Matter of fact, he doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? He says, why are you persecuting me? So he definitely has Saul's attention, and he tells Saul to go into Damascus, and when he gets there, it will be told to him what needs to be done next. And then we shift gears to a man who is in Damascus, and um, the man that we see here is a man by the name of Ananias. Uh, Ananias is given very specific instructions uh, by the Lord um, in a vision, and he he says, you need to go to the street called Straight, And in this home of the man, a man named Judas, you will find someone there, and um, this man is Saul. And he has been praying, he's seen a vision, and he's seen a vision that you are going to come to him, put your hands on him, and heal him. You see, one thing I, I should have mentioned, I forgot, uh, this 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 encounter that, that Saul had on the road to Damascus with Jesus left him blind. He could see absolutely nothing, and he had to be led by the hand by um, his servants to into Damascus. Now, Ananias, understandably, is a little bit worried about this because he, as he said, Saul has already become quite famous here and he's known as one who persecutes the church and he is fearful of going. The Lord lets him know, this Saul is an instrument of mine that I have chosen and he will suffer for my name. He will also proclaim my name before kings, before Gentiles, before the Jews, the sons of Israel. It's kind of interesting here that we get this little glimpse of the future. See, I told you Acts chapter 10 is when the Gentiles become a part of the church, but I'm sure that Ananias, when he hears the Gentiles and he talks about, Jesus talks to him, the Lord talks to him about, about this chosen instrument, Saul, um, to bear my name before Gentiles. He was probably just thinking about that in terms of the Gentiles would persecute the church and would be persecuting um, Saul, who would later become Paul. Uh, I don't know if he was understanding completely that that the Gentiles would become a part of the church. That took a lot of people off guard, as we'll see in the next chapter. Ananias, though, he does what he is told. He goes to the street. He finds the house. He meets Saul. He immediately tells Saul why he is there, um, and this coincides with the vision that Saul has seen and he lays his hands on him, and Saul receives his sight. Now, here's something that's very interesting. It has been a three-day time from the time that Saul saw Jesus on the road to Damascus to the time that Ananias shows up to give him his sight back. And in that three days time, he not only fasts, he not only keeps from eating, he does not eat nor drink anything. Now watch this. This is kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, And this is one of those places in the book of Acts that shows us the priority that baptism takes in the conversion of people. See this. Um, Verse 18 of Acts 9, and immediately there fell from his eyes, Saul's eyes, something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. I think if I hadn't eaten or drank anything for three days and I was miraculously received my sight, one of the first things I would do is grab something to drink or grab something to eat. But before any of that takes place, Paul gets into the water. That shows us that the water is very Very important. Baptism is very, very important in the conversion process. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 22, when Paul recounts this before the Jewish council, you will see as as Paul speaks to them and talks about his conversion experience, he uses the words of Ananias, and the words look like this, now why do you delay? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins. A lot of people have the misunderstanding that, that Saul was converted on the road to Damascus. He was not. The Lord got his attention. On the road to Damascus, but his conversion was not complete until his sins were washed away. So, from that point on, we see, saw immediately this immediate change come over him. Here's a man who just days before was going from place to place, persecuting the church, persecuting the people of Christ, in the words of Jesus, persecuting Jesus himself. Look at the <laughs> look right here. Several days after his baptism, he is with the disciples in Damascus, and it says in verse 20, he immediately began to. Pl- proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying he is the Son of God he immediately begins to preach the gospel um, <clears throat> not long after that he begins their uh, persecution begins he hears of it um, his life is at risk they lower him out of the city wall of Damascus by a basket uh, he ends up in Jerusalem he meets up with Barnabas who obviously the people in Jerusalem are a little uneasy with this Saul character who used to be a persecutor of the church Barnabas takes him under his wing and says Says, this man his life has been changed Paul gets to Saul I should say Saul um, he's also known as Paul but we won't get that that real um, change in his name here for a couple of chapters yet um, so so Barnabas takes him under his wing uh, Barnabas the encourager and um, and people began to listen to the people along the Brotherhood began to listen to Paul or Saul and see him as a um, a contemporary rather than the opposition. So um, he goes from Jerusalem, goes to Tarsus, spends a lot of time there. Um, And then as we get about two thirds of the way through the chapter nine of Acts, we see that Peter, um, Paul, Saul kind of fades into the background just a little bit for a while again. And Peter again, kind of steps up to center stage into the spotlight. And we'll see a reason for that because Peter um, will be the one who will get the privilege. He's not Quote unquote, the apostle to the Gentiles, but he is the apostle who gets the privilege of introducing the gospel, introducing Jesus to the Gentiles for the very first time. And we will read all about that in Acts chapter 10, another incredible passage and a very monumental chapter in not only the book of Acts, but in the entire Bible, because we have to understand, as the majority of us, Gentiles ourselves, that we would have no hope if not for what happened in Acts chapter 10 when gentiles would become a part of the the way become followers of Jesus Christ Um, and be saved by the gospel. So, got something exciting to look forward to. Um, Appreciate you joining us today. I do want to throw one more announcement out there. Tonight at 7 o'clock, this is Wednesday the 24th, and tonight at 7 o'clock, we will begin in the sanctuary, a class um, looking through, I'm working our way through Josh McDowell's More Than a Carpenter, which is an apologetic book, which is a defense of the gospel, and defense of who we believe, um, who Jesus was and is. And um, we'll be looking at that for the next few weeks on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. And if you've never worked your way through that book, or if you want to just get a stronger um, foundation for your faith in a way that you can defend it when it is attacked, um, it'd be a great thing to join us. So again, that will be 7 o'clock this evening, and there will be no child care. So if you have have little ones that are not um, junior high or high school age, if you have junior high or high school age, bring them, because 6 o'clock, Um, youth group will be beginning, um, but, so bring your kids to youth group at six go grab a bite to eat together and then come to class that'd be great And we'll both will all of it will wrap up around eight o'clock um, but if you do have ones younger than junior high then you'll have to find some babysitting for them there will not be any of that offered tonight um, also just one more plug there's also a marriage class that will be beginning tonight in the coffee shop that bill and Lisa Ellis uh, will be teaching and if that's something you'd like to be a part of same thing um, no child care uh, but there will be youth group going on at six o'clock so bring the kids, go grab a bite to eat, and come join Bill and Lisa. Um, It's great to have you join us today, and um, we'll be back together next week to cover Acts chapter 10.